Hey there, Braves fans. Welcome to another edition of State of the Braves. I'm your host, George McNair. Uh, it is awesome to be back with you once again uh, as we are moving very rapidly through this shortened off-season, shortened um, spring training at least, uh, after the lockout period. Uh, and before I jump into our next episode, I just want to express my appreciation so far for those of you who have listened to State of the Braves and supported me in these in these early episodes. Um I really do uh, appreciate it very much. So as we get into uh, this next episode, I want to just quickly remind you guys of some of the things that I wanted uh, the Braves to do over the offseason. I called it my offseason to-do list for the Braves. And quite honestly, they have gone in uh, the other direction from what I would have done. And all of it stems from my number one thing that I wanted the Braves to do. And that was, of course, re-sign Freddie Freeman. Uh, just as a reminder, those of you who haven't uh, followed as closely, uh, the fallout from not being able to re-sign Braves icon Freddie Freeman was that they had to use four of their best prospects, uh, two of really their two top prospects and two other pitching prospects uh, to go out and get Matt Olson. And I'm very glad they did that. Um, the fact of not getting Freeman and not getting Olson would have been uh, really incredibly detrimental to this team's chances uh, to vie for another World Series. So Olsen is an elite first baseman, uh, several years younger than Freddie. So they did that, and I'm glad they did it. But quite honestly, I still would have preferred them to lock up Freeman uh, for really what would have been pretty much the rest of his career. If they had done that, they would have been able to utilize those, um, those prospects for a couple other needs that they have. And so I do think this is this makes them a little bit of a weaker team this year than they possibly could have been. Nonetheless, I am still pleased with the overall outlook of the team being able to vie for another World Series title, certainly another NL East title. So just as a reminder, my number one uh, thing that I wanted the Braves to do was go out and get Freddie Freeman. I wanted them to drop Marcelo Zuna. That was my number, number two thing on the to-do list. It really doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, you know, seeing Ozuna out there, he, he does look good. He, um, I heard a, a report from Alex Anthopoulos uh, the other day that he came into camp uh, uh, 12 pounds lighter than he, he was last year. Um, he does look pretty good. He looks like he's, you know, joking around with his teammates again. And, and so I certainly hope for his sake that he can rebound personally uh, from these struggles that he's had uh, with the domestic violence incident. But uh, as you guys know, um, I wanted Freddie Freeman back and I wanted Marce Marcelo Zuna to move on. doesn't look like that's going to happen on either front. Um, but nonetheless, my number three thing was to go out and get uh, a true center fielder. And I felt like they, the Braves could have um, put a similar package together that they got for Matt Olson or that they used for Matt Olson uh, for a center fielder. So again, once they went after Olson, that was not going to happen. Uh, I am happy. My number four thing on the to-do list was to go out and get at least one corner outfielder or DH bat. And my number one uh, target for that was Eddie Rosario, the NLCS MVP, the Braves uh, postseason legend now. Uh, they were able to bring him back. I'm very happy about that. Uh, I think Rosario is a wild card in some ways. He's a swing and miss guy. And when he is hot, he can carry you for. Uh, for periods of time, and we saw that take place 
against the Dodgers in the NLCS. So it's great to have him back. Unfortunately, the Braves were not also able to bring back Jorge Soler. Uh, I also love Soler maybe as equally as, um, as Rosario. He goes to the Marlins. Uh, the, the thing I will just mention about Soler very briefly is his contract is one of these where he can opt out after year one and year two. Uh, he signed a three-year deal. So I would not be shocked, Braves fans, if um, you would see a trade for Soler midseason or if he were to opt out in the Braves if they were in a different financial situation at the end of next year were to go out and target him again. It might depend on what kind of year he has, but it might not be the last time we see Soler in a Braves uniform. All right, my number five thing, this was our last um, last episode that we, we covered was on the Braves starting pitching and uh, my desire for the Braves to go out and spend a little bit um, in prospect capital uh, to get a solid number four starter. Now, uh, I think it's kind of unlikely that they're going to do that. Again, their prospect capital is low right now. Uh, so I would expect the more likely thing is, is Anthopolis might look for, uh, you know, the bargain bin kind of, kind of player at the end of spring training to bring in. Uh, we'll see if that happens. I also think, you know, the Braves are, are probably pretty comfortable going with some of these young guys at the back end of their rotation. I mean, they certainly were comfortable in using them during the World Series. Uh, so I might just cover a couple guys uh, today as we're talking about the bullpen. You know, there's some overlap with that conversation. So, so we'll probably uh, talk about some names today as well with that. All right, so uh, my number six thing, and this is the primary thing we're going to cover today, is uh, the Braves' bullpen and bench. And, of course, the Braves have done a lot uh, to bolster their bullpen. It's, it's really been one of their primary um, areas that they have addressed over this offseason. So I'm really going to do more of an analysis of the bullpen. I don't think there's a lot of needs there anymore. Uh, and then we're going to look at the Braves' bench as well and see what they might need to do in these last two weeks or so before the season starts. So before we get into, into those needs and those areas on the Braves, what I want to do is just go over a little bit of Braves news that's broken over the last week or so since um, I did my last episode. Uh, the last, uh, or sorry, the first thing I want to cover is um, a little bit more Freddie Freeman news. This is really the last thing I'm going to cover with the, the Freeman saga. Uh, I don't want to belabor uh, Freeman too much you know, it's probably healthy at some point to move on. But I did want to address uh, this one thing because I found it particularly um, interesting. You might have seen if you really follow Braves news, but uh, Braves legend Chipper Jones um, reacted to Freddie's uh, handling of uh, the of free agency. Uh, Freeman and Chipper notoriously are really have been really good buddies. Uh, Chipper was you know, the, the Braves icon who, who did stay uh, with the Braves his entire career was, um, was, you know, in his last few years as Freddie Freeman was coming up and really served as a mentor to Freeman. So I know that they're close. It's kind of surprising that Chipper would, would come out uh, publicly and talk about this. But nonetheless, I think he feels probably pretty hurt and um, surprised that Freeman actually um, moved on. And so this is, uh, this was Chipper talking, uh, with 680, the fan, which is the, the Atlanta, uh, radio network, uh, sports radio network locally. And I just want to read what Chipper had to say. Um, 
and it, it might give you some insight into how he felt uh, Freeman kind of messed up and how he thinks Freddie should have handled free agency. So here's what he said. I do not agree with the way that this was handled on Freddie's side. If you want to play in Atlanta, you play in Atlanta. You maybe take a little less to be happy and play in a place that is comfortable for you. The second the Freddie told me that he rejected the five-year, $135 million offer at the All-Star break, I told him, you're playing a very dangerous game. You go out on the free agent market, you get courted by all the pretty girls that are on the block, chances are you're not going to come back. If you take your time waiting on that six-year deal into January, Atlanta has a job to do. And so I think, you know, what, what Chipper brings to the table is obviously a lot of experience in how these deals go. Uh, and, and Chipper had that same, you know, the same opportunity to leave Atlanta uh, in free agency. And, and I do remember the, those time periods of being a little nervous. And, and Chipper always simply, you know, he was very clear on the fact that he wanted to stay where he was comfortable. Uh, he wanted to stay where he knew he was beloved by the fans. He always felt very supported by the fans. And I think he just always had that perspective. And the fact is, uh, Freeman, as much as I love him, uh, did let this thing go long. I think he um, he either misread the situation and the fact that the Braves uh, were going to come back to him and and e either offer him an, a bigger contract or or more years or I don't know what. But I think. I think it's pretty clear at this point that Freeman and his representatives misplayed um, their hand and misread the market. Uh, and it's unfortunate because it led to him going somewhere else. I think the Braves just got to a place in their timeline where they had to move on. They had to make a move. And um, and they might have even felt like on the field Matt Olson was was a better option as much as they love Freddie. I, I think the fallout will, will continue. Um, I have no doubt that Anthopolis wanted Freeman to come back, but I also have no doubt that um, he was willing to move on uh, if he was pushed far enough, and that's that's what happened. So, um, yeah, it, it gives me a, a little more understanding. It, it's nice to hear from Chipper because, again, I I appreciate and respect his take, and knowing that he's he loves the Braves and he loves Freeman, um, it it makes me feel like he is. Um, kind of the, the proper guy to speak out and, and make those observations. And, um, and anyways, I thought that was worth sharing. So uh, Freeman is no longer brave, and, and let's, let's once and for all um, try to move on from, from that. Okay, a couple other things I want to mention. Ronald Acuna, uh, his return date has been made public. Uh, it's kind of gone back and forth. First, it sounded like he might return kind of late April SDH and then late uh, May uh, in the outfield, and that has changed a little bit. The Braves have adjusted that. I think what they what has happened is they realized that serving as a DH for a month in game isn't going to allow Acuna the proper time to also get ready to play in the field. So um, his return date has uh, changed to the first week of May, sometime the first week of May. Uh, he probably won't play outfield every single game. Uh, but he will uh, be at least half half outfield, half DH, and kind of ramp up to full speed at some point from, from that point on. So it will be great to have him. It stinks that he won't be in the lineup at all in April, uh, but uh, that gives us a little more clarity on what to expect from Acuna. Uh, another thing that happened uh, 
across baseball is rosters will be expanded to 28 players. The normal roster size is 26. So that will happen through um, the end of April. And this is primarily because of the lockout and pitchers are unable to really ramp up and get ready in this shortened spring training. So that's going to affect some of the things we talked about today with the bullpen. Uh, another thing that I'm annoyed about is the return of the extra runner in extra innings. I thought this thing was done, that this would never uh, be a thing again. Uh, but there were several, several rule changes that were made in the last week. And uh, one of those was the return of the extra runner in extra innings. I hate it. I think it's cheesy. I think it's um, kind of an illegitimate way to um, figure out a baseball game. Uh, but nonetheless, here it is. Um, so we'll have to deal with it. The Braves, by the way, were also terrible in extra innings last season because um, they they couldn't figure out that um, how to take advantage of the, the runner at second. The last thing I want to mention and something that um, is really positive uh, to me, I, I watched an interview that Anthopolis gave um, this week, and he mentioned uh, the possibility of Mike Soroka being back around the All-Star break, either right before the All-Star break or right after. This is the earliest that I've heard of um, you know Soroka potentially coming back. Uh, before this, I'd heard August, September, or maybe not this year at all. Uh, so, of course, this kind of injury to the Achilles, you, you can't really know exactly when a guy's going to come back, when it's going to be stable. But the, just the fact that Anthopolis was willing to say that tells me that they are pretty encouraged by where um, where Soroka is and this second surgery uh, must be taking a lot better than the first. So all those things I, I wanted to cover uh, and you know, they obviously all have a lot to do with, with how this season is going to go. But the rest of this episode, I want to cover the Braves bullpen and the Braves bench. Now, with the moves that the Braves have made this offseason thus far, uh, I think the, the, the bullpen is going to be one of their biggest strengths. Uh, just really briefly, if you, know, if you haven't been uh, covering or listening to the Braves too much over the last week or so, um, their big signing, kind of surprise signing, was Kenley Jansen. Uh, he is he has been the Dodgers closer and one of the elite closers in baseball for the last several years. Uh, they signed him on a one-year, $16 million deal. Uh, and so he's added to an already strong bullpen. We know the Braves, the, the, the back four guys in the Braves bullpen were one of the big reasons they were able to win the World Series this past year. So he joins that group. The Braves also signed Colin McHugh, um, who pitched in Tampa Bay last year and has been a pretty dominant guy when he's healthy over the last several seasons uh, out of several different bullpens. Uh, and they've signed a couple other kind of minor league or smaller deals of guys that have some upside that could also contribute to the bullpen. So with this expanded 28-man roster, I just wanted to, to look through some of these guys. I don't think there are a ton of bullpen um, spots open right now. Uh, so, But there are a few... Um, uncertainties we can look at some names so one guy that they signed uh, to a minor league deal is Tyler Thornburg uh, he has been often injured um, and also has pitched for several teams over the last several years but when healthy this guy's actually been pretty elite so it's really just a matter of when will he be ready to play and um, will he be will he be healthy enough to stay on the field but Tyler Thornburg might be a name to keep in mind of a guy who, who ends up making the team. So let me just run through these names. Luke Jackson, Kenley Jansen, 
Colin McHugh, right? These are probably the top three right-handed uh, arms out of the Braves bullpen. Uh, then, of course, Tyler Matzik, A.J. Minter, and Will Smith all coming back from the left side. So there, those six are really solid. Um, and having six really solid guys in any bullpen uh, is a great thing to have. So the question is, who else? Thornburg is a right-hander. Um, but let's look at some other guys who are uh, in camp right now who could make the team. Uh, the first guy and the guy I want to mention because I saw him pitch today uh, in a spring training game was Tucker Davidson. He looked unbelievable. He um, pitched three perfect innings. He struck out four. He was uh, throwing a lot of strikes. Davidson, if you'll recall, pitched several games um, in the middle of the season and then had some arm troubles, uh, returned for the postseason, made a surprise start uh, in Game 5 of the World Series. Uh, that one didn't go incredibly well for him. But, uh, you know, Davidson's a guy, he's not going to blow guys away, but he is going to be, I think, a pretty consistent performer. He's going to be around the plate. Um, and so I would look for him, particularly if he continues to pitch like he did today, uh, he could be a guy that actually could vie for that fifth starter spot. Um, Kyle Wright as well is a guy who some of these guys, I think if they make the team, I, I kind of doubt they're going to be in the bullpen. I think they would make the team as that fifth starter. So Kyle Wright, Tucker Davidson, Kyle Muller, I think are all guys that could potentially um show up in the Braves rotation and another thing that I've heard is Snicker's willingness to to maybe even go to a six-man rotation early in the year uh, as guys get um, get stretched out a little bit um, Spencer Strider is another one of those guys and I like Spencer Strider a lot I mean this dude throws 101 miles an hour he's got a, an electric arm um, whether they would want to utilize him early on out of the bullpen or keep him as a starter uh, might be the big question if they want to use him out of the bullpen to start the season, um, then he could find himself in Atlanta to start the year. Uh, another, Again, another electric arm. I, I just wonder if they're going to want to do that or keep him, keep him uh, as a starter. I think I personally would want to try to keep him as a starter, uh, but we'll see what happens. All right, another, another couple names. Uh, Dylan Lee, you remember he... He barely pitched for the Braves during the regular season and then was pitching um, in the postseason for them, made several um, several outings uh, against the Dodgers. Uh, then Sean Newcomb. And, you know, Sean Newcomb has been around for ages, um, up and down and mostly down for the last several years. I really don't want Sean Newcomb back in the bullpen. Um, you know, I'm just tired of all of the walks and his inability to throw strikes. Uh, but the thing about Sean Newcomb is he's out of options. So he either makes this team or the Braves are going to have to drop him. And I don't know if they're to that point. I would be to that point. I think I I would just uh, cut him loose. Um, I don't know with all the other arms that they have. I just don't know why you, you necessarily need to throw him out there to start the season. But maybe they give him one more chance and see how the first month of the season goes. Uh, Darren O'Day and Brad Brock have also been brought in um, on non-guaranteed contracts. So these guys have been with the Braves in the past. They were not with the Braves last year. Darren O'Day, I think, has a good chance of making the team particularly. Um, he's he's pretty much always been good. Uh, sometimes he's injured, but he's that side armor. You know, he throws in the mid to low 80s, but, you know, so much movement. He just guys have a hard time squaring him up. 
consistently. So, um, and I think he's really liked in the in the clubhouse as well. So I would look for him uh, from this second tier group of uh, as a guy to to make the team. Brock, I think, had a real down year and hasn't been particularly good over the last couple years. So unless he finds some resurgence, I'm not sure about him. The other guy I just want to mention that you might be, if you're familiar with the Braves, you might be wondering about is Tukey Toussaint. Uh, Tukey made some starts last year um, and has always had some great promise, but has never really been able to figure it out. Uh, they moved Tukey back to the minors pretty quickly, pretty early on in spring training. So he's definitely not in the mix to start the season with the Braves. Um, and I, I do kind of wonder, he's he's a little bit in the same category as Sean Newcomb, not to that level, but I wonder what his uh, future with the Braves looks like moving forward. All right, so obviously the Braves have a lot of bullpen options. They don't have a lot of weaknesses in the bullpen, so it's not something I'm too concerned about. Uh, their decisions are going to be really just how do you fill out the back end of the bullpen. And again, how do you kind of piece together the back end of the starting rotation as well? The good news is they have a lot of a lot of guys to throw at the problem. Okay, so if the bullpen is mostly set, if you're Alex Anthopoulos, you, you kind of feel like you're you're done. Uh, you, you've done your heavy lifting on the bullpen. So let me uh, go now to focus on the Braves bench. And I do think this is one area that is uh, somewhat of a weakness for the Braves. As we go through these names, you're going to you know, you're not going to be super excited by these guys. I mean, there are some guys that uh, they have a role to play, and, and honestly, they are bench players. So, I mean, um, they're going to do a few things well. Uh, but let's get into it a little bit. So the, the number one guys uh, really coming back is Guillermo Heredia. Um, if you recall, he was uh, quite the character on the bench for the Braves. I think he's a, a big-time clubhouse guy for the Braves, and they, they realize that. They re-signed him to a pretty cheap deal early uh, before the lockout. Uh, he can play a true center field, uh, so he has a lot of defensive value. He can play all around the outfield. Uh, you know, and he can occasionally have, have a game where, you know, he, he had a lot of doubles last year and hit a few home runs and can occasionally get into one, but I also think he hit about 220. Uh, so he's, he's not a, a primary offensive option uh, off the bench. You know, uh, even though we no longer will have a lot of pinch hitting, opportunities uh, with uh, the DH coming to the National League. Uh, you can still, if you have a really good bench bat uh, and a big situation comes up, you can still utilize some pitch hitters. So uh, Heredia is definitely not that guy. Uh, so he's your primary outfield option right now. Now I will mention too, um, Alex Dickerson was also signed uh, a few days ago on a one-year, $1 million non-guaranteed contract. So what that means is if he doesn't make the team, the Braves don't have to pay him anything. I think he will end up making the team because he's really the only uh, good lefty bat that the Braves potentially would have. And with Acuna not playing yet, he actually could get a lot of starts early on in the season, either in the field or you put him at DH and you have Ozuna play in the field. Um, in fact, I heard um, Anthopoulos mention um, the other day that the plan likely will be Ozuna in left, Duvall in center, and Rosario in right um, for the most part to start the year. So <laughs> that's a little terrifying defensively, uh, but nonetheless, I think it, it highlights Dickerson, and um, he has a, a really good shot to make the team. He's been a really good hitter from the left side of the plate when he stays healthy. Um, he, he hasn't always been able to stay healthy over his career. So those two two guys, I think, are your primary outfield options. 
Your primary infield option right now is um, Orlando Arcia. He was with the Braves as well last year during their run, though he did very little at the plate to contribute. I, I don't know if he even had a hit um, in the in the playoffs. I don't recall that he did, but but uh, he does have some some pop uh, when he can put the bat on the ball. Uh, but he can play a true shortstop. Uh, he can play really all around the outfield, and he can even play some left field for you. Uh, so he has some defensive, um, you know, some defensive uh, things he can do. Uh, but that that is really your only infield option right now for sure. Now Manny Pena uh, is a guy that the Braves also signed um, as their primary backup catcher before the lockout took place, and that was a really nice signing. Uh, he really might be the best backup catcher in all of baseball. He has a lot of pop. Um, he's not going to hit for a real high average, but he's a great defensive catcher. So if for some reason Darno was to go down with any injuries, which has happened in the past, or the Braves just wanted to, you know, play these guys, you know, like a, on a 60-40 split kind of thing, Pena is going to be uh, a pretty big contributor, I think, to the Braves this season. But that's really their their bench, and, and none of these guys offensively grab you. Uh, I do want to mention several other guys that I think are vying probably for the last spot on the bench right now in camp. Uh, the first guy is Travis Demerit. Uh, he used to be a, a pretty big-time Braves prospect. Um, I mean, not top, top prospect, but he always made the list of maybe you know top 10, top 15 prospects as he was younger, and then he got traded away to the Tigers and now he is back. I mean, he's not a young guy anymore. He's like 28 years old, but he has power. Uh, he can play, you know, I think pretty much any outfield spot. Uh, so I think he has an outside shot of making the team, especially if the Braves go away from Alex Dickerson. Phil Gosselin is a former Brave who they've br they brought back. He's an infielder. He actually had a pretty decent uh, season with the Angels last year. It was, um, he played about half time, which is about as much playing time as he's ever had in the big leagues he's capable offensively but um he's not going to wow you with anything but but solid and i think he probably actually has a pretty good opportunity to be um the next guy considering the braves only have one infielder on the bench right now i think you want more than that the next guy is brock holt um former red Sox, um and he's actually bounced around a little bit over the last few years uh he actually uh was an all-star early in his career but He's really never had one great season that he's put together. And because he doesn't have a lot of power, he's just a pretty much a singles and doubles guy. Uh, he can play infield and outfield. So there's there's some value there for sure. Um, so we'll see. Uh, I, I haven't seen him much even in spring training, so I don't know if he's going to be really given a, a full opportunity to make the team or not. And the last guy is Pat Vileka. Uh He is an infielder. He played uh, primarily with the Orioles last year. Another guy who um, I, he he did not have a good he did not have a good offensive year uh, last year. So you, you really um, can see and Valleca, by the way, he can play shortstop. So there's there's defensive value to most of these guys, but there's not a lot of offensive value. So this is why I foresee the Braves potentially trying to go out and get one more bigger bat that can be on um, that can be on the bench. They need a guy who. You know, if somebody goes down, maybe he can legitimately be the DH for a couple of weeks, or um, or fill in here and there a little bit more often than than these guys who really seem to be more uh, back end of the bench uh, defensive replacements. Uh, a couple guys that are still available. Uh, these guys don't really 
excite me too much, but I think they maybe are a little better offensively than what we have right now in camp. Mitch Moreland, uh, he's a first baseman, so I think he's primarily just going to be a pure bench bat if they were to bring him in. Uh, he's got some power, but he's getting up there in age. And similarly, uh, as Drupal Cabrera, uh, Braves fans are probably aware of him because he's bounced all around the, the NL East over the years. He's an infielder. Uh, he came up as a shortstop, but he's he's older, so I don't think there's any way he's playing short anymore. But he can play the rest of the infield spots. Uh, and he switch hitter on top of having some power. So I think there could be some, benef uh, some benefit there to going after him. Otherwise, I mean, those are the only two free agents I'm seeing on the market that, that makes sense. Uh, beyond those guys, I mean, you could you can trade for a bench a bench bat pretty easily if you really want to. So it'll be interesting to see if the Braves are just happy with what they have or if they might go out and get somebody. I would prefer them to go out and, and strengthen that bench a little bit. Now, some of you might be thinking about Michael Harris. Michael Harris uh, is uh, probably the Braves' top prospect in their minor league system now. He is a center fielder. Uh, you know, I've talked a lot about the Braves needing to go out and getting another outfielder. And then we look at this bench and we see kind of the weakness of the team in the bench. And you start to think, well, maybe Michael Harris is the answer. Uh, he is still in spring training camp. Uh, he's looked really good in spring training. Uh, he's very young. He's very young. I think he's uh, 20 or 21 years old at this point. Um, and he has only played up through um, high A. Uh, minor league ball. So I don't think the Braves view him as ready right now. I'm sure they wish he was. And I, I do think you can take something away from the fact that pretty much all of the young guys have been sent back to the minors at this point, and he still remains in big league camp. So he clearly is a guy that the Braves really like. Um, what I do think perhaps his, um, his still being in camp tells you is that he very well might be the option if someone were to go down with the injury, if an, if an outfielder were to go down and the Braves needed a guy. Harris might be chosen over other top prospect Drew Waters, uh, both of these guys being center field prospects for the Braves. Uh, they both are really talented. But I think Harris is, um, is liked better by the Braves. I'm kind of reading, uh, reading between the lines with that. But again, I... <laughs> It would be pretty shocking if the Braves broke camp with Michael Harris having only played um, high A ball. But he is really talented. I think I think Braves fans can be really excited about him. Uh, I just don't. Um, I'm very doubtful that he's going to be the guy they go to. All right, Braves fans, that's all we got today. Um, I will talk to you soon. I uh, hope you hope you enjoyed this episode.